in your sister's room. That's where it started. Hello, I'm Paul. And this is Dave. We are the Derringer Brothers. And you are listening to Derringer Discoveries. Each podcast, we take you, the listener, on a journey. A musical journey. Today's podcast is on Steely Dan, musicians for audiophiles, and why. When we say Steely Dan, we're not talking about the device from Naked Lunch by William Burroughs. Me and my best friend Kevin and a woman who has hated Steely Dan for a decade uh, go to the Beacon Theater and we run into Pete Davidson there and Pete Davidson says, who is Steely Dan? (laughs) Dave, we're going to focus on the classic period 1972 to 1980. That's fine, but keep in mind after a 20-year hiatus they came back and after their engineer won five Grammys for best engineered album for five of their albums from the 70s, And I said, it's a fan. And he said, it's not a comedian. (laughs) So they gave them the whole enchilada. They gave them the number one award in 2001 for best album of the year. Derringer Discoveries listener feedback. Dave, we need to first recap a couple of the letters that we've gotten since last time. Dave, who's a regular now, not you, Dave, oh, another Dave. It's I'm, the Dave. I'm a regular too. You are regular. After this that is... Metamucil, I'm real regular. <laughs> this is the Dave from Oregon. He wrote to us again and he thanked us for doing an episode on Ben Folds. He said he really didn't know much about Ben Folds. He listened to it and now he is a fan of Ben Folds. So we've done our job, Dave. I think we can bring everything to an end. We have brought someone into the fold. And so you think we'll get Ben Folds into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I think we will. I think this was the extra person we needed to get Ben Folds into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I think Dave is the one who can make it happen. Did you hear that we also got some correspondence from Alton? Alton? Yep. He's one of our guests from the Van Halen episode. He was, wasn't he? Wasn't he the one cruising around in the... the, uh, (laughs) Gran Torino. Gran Torino. (laughs) He wrote and said that he agrees with me about Mellencamp being more mature and a better musician than that kid cougar well we also have a special guest with us today tom from massachusetts tom is a musician an audiophile and a steely dan fan i don't consider myself an expert but i am one of those fanatics uh who just love steely dan and dave when you and i pick one song from each of the classic albums we're gonna let tom pick one as well that'd be great i've had another perspective on this too because not only have i listened to those albums a great deal but i've played in bands and uh, have practiced and learned a number of these songs played them live if all three of us agree on the song Well, people, that's something to write home about. At the very least, that is something to put on Spotify and listen to that song. Well, I just hope he has better taste than you do. I hope he does too, Dave. In addition to picking our favorite song from each of the seven classic albums, and I know, Dave, you want to cover some of the uh, subsequent stuff when they won that Grammy. Well, they only did nine albums under the name Steely Dan, so I think nine albums is not too much to mention, but you know, we could at least play something from the Grammy award-winning album. I'll give you that. We also will, at the end, weigh in on which of those albums is our favorite. And if you want to pick one from the, the post-classic period, I'm okay with that. Tom, me and you will each say what our favorite all-time Steely Dan album is. And I want to say what I think the best album is of all time, but I'm going to say what my favorite is. It's two different albums. The best the best one Tell and me. my favorite one. How does that differ? Tell well, me remember that. what I said about, you know, your first love is always your strongest. <laughs> 
Okay. But I think there's another album that's probably a better album, but it's not the first time I ever heard them. Okay, so Dave is going to split hairs. He's going to say best album and favorite album. And I don't have many hairs to split. You don't so. have many. So. so, And then the last thing we're going to do, because... I like to do it on every episode. I want us to weigh in, and this is, could be prickly, because I know how Tom feels. We're going to weigh in on whether or not we believe Steely Dan has ever jumped the shark. Oh, no. Now, Dave, let's jump right in. Okay. First album, Can't Buy a Thrill. Can't Buy a Thrill was an amazing entry. I ran out and bought the uh, Do It Again 45, and eventually the album. Just a sparkling innovation, totally unlike anything else on the market. out just now that really isn't their first album do you want to quickly recap what happened before can't buy a thrill in 1973 no can't buy a thrill is the first album but they had recorded 27 songs before that 25 of them walter becker and donald fagan the two main members and the two songwriters of the group and pretty much they're considered to be steely dan for all intents and purposes Becker and Fagan met in 1967 at Bard College in Annandale-on-Hudson in upstate New York. But in the early days, they actually had six members. And it wasn't Becker and Fagan who came up with the idea to have a band. It was guitarist Denny Diaz. Wow, that was nice of Denny. Denny Diaz put in an ad in the college paper up in Bard College saying he's looking for a bass player and a keyboard player. We know Walter Becker and Donald Fagan, and now we know Denny Diaz. Who's left? The other guitar player besides Denny Diaz was Jeff Skunk Baxter. Yeah. Ever heard of him? Oh, yeah. He's a big name. Now, what group did he end Doobie up with? Brothers. Okay. Yeah. And who's the other two members of Steely Dan? The drummer, Jim Hodder. And Jim sang some. Felonious, my old friend. Step on in and let me shake your hand. That is Jim Hodder singing Midnight Cruiser. Tell me where are you driving? Midnight Cruiser. Where is your bounty? That was a drummer in a lot of your bands back when you were famous, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Your drummer, Ed, will be interested to know this. Derringer Discoveries Trivia. The first drummer that played with Fagan and Becker went on to be the star of Saturday Night Live in their first season in 1975-76. I'm talking about one of the not-ready-for-prime-time players. And now, Weekend Update with Chevy Chase. Good evening. Here's the news. <laughs> he did the weekend update, and he was the star of the show, and he left after one season. He was the original drummer for Fagan and Becker. Chevy Chase? Chevy Chase. Okay. I got right. you on that one, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you did. Chevy Chase on drums, Walter Becker on bass, Donald Fagan on keyboards, and according to Chevy Chase, it was a very bad jazz band. I hate to ask this, but who's the sixth member? You've only covered five. Okay. But he wasn't in Steely Dan. This, I understand. He was in Leather Canary. He was a Leather Canary. The original drummer for Steely Dan was Jim Hodder. He appeared on the first three albums. Dave, who's the sixth member of Steely Dan at this time? Okay, now this is the part that confuses a lot of people. Yes, I'm confused because I haven't heard you say David yet. David Palmer is the other vocalist. Times are hard.
not the lead vocalist of he's the group. He's just the other vocalist. He's the other vocalist. And what happened was this. Donald Fagan, although he could sit down in the little you know student union room and all night long and sing songs with Becker, just the two of them, he had stage fright. The sixth member was David Palmer. David Palmer. And he was one of the vocalists. And he sang Dirty Work from Can't Buy a Thrill. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Oh, yeah. He sang three songs on okay. Can't Buy a Thrill. So Dirty Work, and what else? He also sang Brooklyn Owes the Charmer Under Me. Brooklyn Owes the Charmer Under Me. And Change of the Guard. All you cowboys and your neighbors can be swallow up your And he also, on the one song that I think we're going to play by Tom, we can maybe do this next. I want to set this up for Tom. Turn that heartbeat over again. It's three lead vocalists on that. Donald Fagan, David Palmer, and for the first of only two times, Walter Becker. And that's a good one, Dave. Tom did pick from Can't Buy a Thrill. His favorite song is Turn That Heartbeat Over Again. It's got just a beautiful craft, so nicely constructed, and a gorgeous guitar lead at, at the end. Do It Again and Reeling in the Years, the ones everybody knows, those are great, and you can play those all day long and never get tired of them. But I like Turn That Heartbeat Over Again. Look at my watch and start it for the door. Now the food here ain't so good no more. And they close the package door. Love your mama. Turn that heartbeat over again. Tom wrote me afterwards, Dave, and he said, can he add a second song? Because he wanted to also add, only a fool would say that. And he sent me some lyrics to go with it. Since he is our special guest, I think he can get a second song. I'm going to do my world-famous recitation now. And this is a once-in-a-lifetime Dave Derringer recitation. Tom, please direct all of your complaints to Derringer Discoveries <laughs> at, at gmail.com. <laughs> the man on the street dragging his feet. Don't want to hear the bad news. Imagine your face there in his place, standing inside his brown shoes. You do his nine to five, drag yourself home half alive. There on the screen, a man with a dream. And only a fool would say that. The man in the street, dragging his feet, don't want to hear the bad news. Imagine your face there in his place, standing inside his brown shoes. That is Only a Fool Would Say That. That's Tom's second choice. Tom, we're only going to let you have it once. That's from Can't Buy a Thrill, 1972. Dave, I'd like to tell you my choice from Can't Buy a Thrill. Okay. And this is going to knock your socks off. Are okay. you wearing socks? I do wear socks, unlike uh, Journey. The song I'm going to pick, and you always think I go for the obscure. Right? I know, you do. But not this time. Because your, your fame was very obscure. And my fame was very obscure. If I was to show someone Can't Buy a Thrill, the song I would show them is Reeling in the Years. You've been telling me you're a genius since you were 17 And all the time I've known you I still don't know what you mean The weekend at the college didn't turn out like you planned The things that pass for knowledge I can't understand Are you reeling in the years? 
love that song. Are you picking the same one? I am. That's only two out of three, but that's not bad. On the very first album, two out of three picked the same song. Are you reeling in the years? And of course, Tom, being a musician's musician and an audiophile, he had to, of course, go for something that wasn't a hit. Derringer Discoveries Trivia. And here's something Tom might not know. Tell me the true identity of the person who wrote the liner notes on Can't Buy a Thrill. The original liner notes were written by Tristan Fabriani. Is he some famous hairdresser? Is it an alias for a member of the band? Probably an alias for a member of the band. I've okay. done that before. And so which, which member? member? I'm going to go with Donald Fagan. Donald Fagan is Tristan Fabriani. Yeah, I could see that. There's a lot of VIPs, though. Various irate people, and they're sitting. <laughs> and you don't stand up at a Steely Dan show. No. No. So people, like, you know, they have their purse in their lap, and they just kind of dance in their chair like this. I just want to correct the record. Everybody thinks that Do It Again was the first Steely Dan single. single was called Dallas and it was actually a released single on ABC Records and it does not even have Donald Fagan singing lead. Jim Hodder singing The drummer. Yeah. And you never let Ed sing lead did you? Uh, no I don't think I did. Okay but Jim Hodder sang lead on their first single Dallas. Okay we're going to play a snippet of Dallas but people keep in mind this is not on Can't Buy a Thrill. It's very rare you got to look it up on YouTube. Here it is. Dallas by Steely Dan. Now my friend I got to go to tell everyone I know And that's Dallas by Steely Dan, and what makes that an oddball is that it's Jim Hodder singing lead, and on the first album, as Dave pointed out, other people sang lead, but that starts to to go by the wayside as Donald Fagan shows his dominance over the band. Well, he overcame his stage fright. Donald Fagan's voice, which no one would have uh, believed that he was destined to be a rock singer. He's got such a funny affect. He was reluctant to sing, but we love that uh, sardonic, leering delivery. The second album came out in 1973, and what I like about this group is they tended to stick to one album per year. They, they were definitely consistent. And the second album is called Countdown to Ecstasy. Dave, this album wasn't received as well as the first one, and it didn't have any top 40 hits, but I have to tell you, Dave, I love this album. And there's one song on it that probably ranks as one of my two favorite songs by Steely Dan, and so I am choosing it as my choice. But first, I'm going to tell you what Tom's choice is. Countdown to Ecstasy, it's actually my favorite underrated Steely Dan album. I think it's wonderful. And I love the song King of the World, which closes that album, has just amazing synthesizer and guitar lines. It just tells an incredible story. world tom's pick as his favorite song from countdown to ecstasy which he called his favorite underrated steely dan album that leads me to my choice dave okay. it's my old school just 
out of curiosity, Dave, was yes. that your choice too? That's my choice. Ah! Two out of three. Okay, two out of three. Then Pete goes, all right, so he stands, so the row behind us stands, so the row behind them stands. Then he goes, come on! By the time they were playing my old school, the entire beacon is on its feet. Dave, we had some discussion about the lyrics. Yes, I'm going to read a, an abridged lyric, because I'm going to take out some of the offensive parts. Yes, please do. Paul and I, we both thought that this song had something to do with our home state of Virginia. Well, William and Mary, the college of William and Mary, and I think, in fact, it does. That's right. I want to read you part of the lyrics. I remember the 35 sweet goodbyes when you put me on the Wolverine up to Annandale. I remember the 35 sweet goodbyes when you put me on the Wolverine up to Annandale. It was still September. It was still September. When I heard about the whole affair, I said, oh no, William and Mary won't do. Heard about the whole affair. I said, Whoa, no, William and Mary won't do now. I always thought Annandale was Annandale, Virginia, but as we found out, Bard College is where, Paul? Annandale, New York. Annandale on Hudson, New okay. York. Mm -hmm. And William and Mary won't do. You you actually looked this up because the College of William and Mary, where we actually went one time to broadcast a football game together. Remember yes, that? Yes, I do remember that. Okay. In the 90s, didn't you say their students were trying to find out yeah, what is the reference? I would imagine their newspaper staff wanted to check out whether there was any reference to their college. And it was actually a reference to their college. He didn't want to say Bard because Bard didn't rhythmically fit the parameters of his lyric. So he said William and Mary instead of Bard. What I like is when he goes into the part about he's never going back to Annandale. He's never going back to Bard College. And so the line reads, California tumbles into the sea. That'll be the day I go back to Annandale. And what he's saying is, remember how we always talked about someday there's going to be an earthquake and California is going to tumble into the sea. says California will tumble into the sea before he goes back to Bard College. So has California, in fact, tumbled into the sea? No. He did go back to Bard College. And he got, he and Becker both got an honorary degree because they got kicked out of Bard College so they can never go back to their old school. <laughs> their playbook was to write a song about Bard College and then as a result, they get doctorate degrees. Probably because they never mentioned Bard College in the song. <laughs> <laughs> but the, it wasn't Bard College's fault that that they just stayed in their dorms and all day. They heard the day. about the whole affair because they were smoking with the boys upstairs. They were definitely smoking <laughs> with the boys upstairs. They were. Two guys who love Steely Dan, a guy that didn't know what Steely Dan was, and a woman who hates Steely Dan got the beacon on their feet. We're now going to move on to the third album, Pretzel Logic from 1974. Tom chose a song from this that kind of exemplifies their outlaw, underworld, you know, attitude. I don't know if you've thought about this, but a lot of their songs have this theme of kind of seediness and underworldness to it, or Western outlaw or mafioso. My favorite song on it is one that's a little unlike others they've played. It's called With a Gun. I could be wrong, but I have seen your face before. You were the man that I saw running from the store. You owed him money, but you gave him something more. 
That's Tom's Choice with the gun from Pretzel Logic. Dave, I've been jumping in and saying my favorite. Why don't we go first with you on this one? What's your favorite from Pretzel Logic? I like Pretzel Logic. And here's Pretzel Logic, Dave's Choice from Pretzel Logic. I would love to tour the Southland in a traveling mystery show. Yes, I'd love to tour the Southland in a traveling mystery show. Yes, I'm down to be a star and make them laugh. Sound just like a record on a photograph. Those days are gone forever, over a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Dave, you chose Pretzel Logic. And that was the second single off the album. Now, their biggest hit ever, and I'm sure it's going to come up. Yeah. Don't, I'm, don't I'm, say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. The biggest hit ever, hit number four, is... It's the one I've chosen. See, you think I'm always choosing obscure, but I chose the big hit, Ricky, Don't Lose That Number. We hear you're leaving, that's okay. I thought a little wild time had just begun. I guess you kind of scared yourself. don't lose that number. Dave, something happens about this time. Around Pretzel Logic, we start to see that band pare down to just two of them. Is that what's happening? Are we just seeing now Donald Fagan and Walter Becker becoming the sole members of Steely Dan? Yes. Well, they start off as a six-piece group with two lead singers. The second lead singer, David Palmer, after the first album, went and formed his own group called The Big Waku. They were down to a five-man group, two guitar players, Denny Diaz and Jeff Skunk Baxter, on bass, Walter Becker, the late Walter Becker, God rest his soul, and Donald Fagan on keyboards, and Jim Hodder, God rest his soul, on drums. So by the time of their next album, their fourth album on Dunhill Records, ABC, Katie Lied from 1975, are they just down now to Donald Fagan and Walter Becker with Gary Katz producing? Gary Katz was the fifth Beatle of Steely Dan. As official members, they certainly are. But yes. then they're using lots of outside members at this point. And lots that, of outside I, guests. Became eventually Becker and Fagan the nucleus with just uh, a range of amazing hit players that they brought in to do specific uh, work. They both love jazz. Yes, and this is coming to the forefront now. Do you know anything about pop jazz fusion? <laughs> and he said no, and I said, Pete, there's no way I can prepare you for what's about to happen. Yeah. They've always had sort of a jazz influence, but I start to hear even more so that jazzy feel coming up on these albums like Katie Lied. And now they actually have real jazz musicians playing on the albums. After Walter Becker, who started off as a guitar player, after he heard a real jazz bass player, he hung up his bass. He never played bass again. He played guitar after that. So on Katie Lied, 1975. Katie Lied is just a spectacular piece of work. Becker and Fagan and Gary Katz in the control booth really cooked up just a beautiful range of songs and textures. I love love the song Bad Sneakers. Five names that I can hardly stand to hear 
including yours and mine and one more chip who isn't here I can see the ladies talking how the times are getting hard and that fearsome excavation on Magnolia Boulevard yes I'm going insane and I'm laughing as his favorite song on Katie Lied. Dave, I'll go ahead and jump in. My favorite song on Katie Lied is Dr. Wu. Are you with me, Dr. Wu? Are you really just a shadow of the man that I once knew? Are you crazy? Are you high? Or just an Dr. Wu from Katie Live. Dr. Wu is my favorite song on that album. Dave, what's the chances of you picking Dr. Wu as your favorite song on Katie Live? I'm gonna have to go with Black Friday. And here's Dave's choice, Black Friday. from Katie Lied. On that particular album, Dave, the three of us each picked a different song. I don't know if that tells you that there's just a lot of good songs on that album. It probably does. But it's also interesting that we each went our own separate way because we didn't have a hit to bring us in, right? There was no top 40 hit on this album. Katie Lied is is way up there, uh, right near the top. I guess one reason why I like this album so much is one of their guest guitar players on this album was Rick Derringer. Rick Derringer? And he somehow is related to the Derringer brothers, in name at least. Well, I'll have to admit, when I was looking for a radio name back in the old days, I was just looking for something that wasn't like too obvious. And I always liked Rick Derringer and Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. Yeah. So I went with Dave Derringer. Then when you joined up and we started doing some gigs together, like playing weddings and funerals, then we became the Derringer brothers. So we're now going to move to the fifth album, The Royal Scam from 1976. Royal Scam is an interesting album, and that one had to grow on me. I threw Tom off on this album because I told him how much I liked it. He doesn't like it. He said one of his least favorite songs is the song The Royal Scam. I'm not a fan of the title song. I thought it was interesting because Tom only mentioned one song by Steely Dan that he did not like, and that was the one he mentioned. Hey, that's your favorite? Uh, that song's not my favorite, but I like it. See the glory. did get Tom to say that he likes three songs on this album, and he said they're all stellar songs, so we're just going to play snippets of two of the three, because I actually picked one of them, Dave. Two that he mentioned were The Caves of Altamira, which was one of the first 25 songs they wrote. Before the fall, when they wrote it on the wall, when there wasn't even any 
so the Caves of Altamira was a song written before they had their first major label. When they release. were staff songwriters at ABC yeah. or before. Tom chose that. Another song he chose was Don't Take Me Alive. Got it, The first three songs on side one are just incredible. You've got Kid Charlemagne, Caves of Altamira, and Don't Take Me Alive. Every one of them just so bold. Kid Charlemagne is definitely my favorite on the royal scale. Charlemagne. It's my favorite song, and Tom mentioned that it's one of his three favorite songs, and I want to play one line for you, because Tom mentioned this when I interviewed him. He played in a band, and they would sing that line, is there gas in the car? Everybody sings along at the top of their lungs. They they know all the words. Is there gas in the car? And you hold the mic out, and everybody screams back, yes, there's gas in the car. Is there gas in the car? Yes, there's gas in the car. Yes, there's gas in the car. Yes. And Dave, every time I get in the car, do you know what I ask myself? Is there air in the tires? No. Is there oil in the... Mm, sometimes. But what's the one thing I have to know every time I get in the car? Is there gas in the car? Yes, there's gas in the car. Is there gas in the car? Yes. And that's a second snippet from Kid Charlemagne. I say that to myself just about every day. And because I love the song so much, I say it just like Donald Fagan does. Now repeat back what I just said. I agree. No! So, Dave, what song do you pick from the Royal Scam as your favorite song from that album? Kid Charlemagne. <laughs> so guess what? Ding, ding, ding. All three of us picked Kid Charlemagne from the Royal Scam. Is there gas in the car? Yes, there's gas in the car. Tom now is talking about the next album, Asia. Wow. Going into any stereo store in the late 70s or throughout the 80s, this is the album that every store had on the turntable to show off their best equipment. Now that is the big one. That is the big one. And that's from 1977, Asia. I'll just go ahead and tell you this, even though you and I are holding off and saying what our favorite album is until the end, I'm going to tell you that Tom told me that Asia is his favorite album. And he said that if he was trying to turn someone on to Steely Dan, he would take them to the album Asia. And of course, my next question to him was, well, if that's the case, what would be the first song you take them to? And Tom said, Deacon Blues. They got a name for the winners in the world. That was Deacon Blues, Tom's Choice, as the best song from the album Asia. Dave, do you want to give us your pick from Asia? I'm going to have to go with Deacon Blues as well. I mean, <laughs> they really, they have a name for winners, winners in, in the, the world. world. I want a name. When I lose. Yes. They call Alabama the Crimson Tide. Yes, yeah, so should they call me something? They should call you Deacon Blues. Deacon Blues. Yeah, that's a good one. I hate to do this because you and Tom are in agreement, and it would be easy for me to be in agreement with you. I like Deacon Blues. It's just a little long for my taste. I prefer the song Peg. Exactly. Stack of fourths, as they say. Let's hear that stack. 
Well, that's fine, but it's a little boring. What we'll do is use a, uh, what's sometimes called a plagal cadence or church cadence, uh, which goes from four to one. And here's Peg from Asia, 1977. And when you smile for Dave, you like to do recitations. What do I like to do? Recipes. <laughs> I like to talk how a song reminds me of an event. Peg reminds me of a March of Dimes walk I did. It was a very big song on the radio. As you know, it was a top 40 hit. When I was doing the March of Dimes walk, I was walking with a group of people. Someone had a boom box that they were carrying. Oh, yeah. Probably That's on their shoulder. So I even to... before they had Walkman. They <laughs> oh, had yeah. Boom it was a boombox. And we were listening to a radio station. And because it took us a long time to walk, the March of Dimes walk, I must have heard Peg at least twice. It two... came up like every yeah, two in hours. Rotation. And I heard Peg, and I started to fall in love with Peg. And so now, what when is I your hear... girlfriend think about that? Now when I hear Peg, it takes me back to that March of Dimes walk. It will all come back to you. It, yes, yes, exactly, Dave. All right, so Dave, we got close on Asia, and we're about to move to their last album, but I did want to make a little note here. They put out a song before the last album, the classic album, that is, that I love, and it was just a single, and it was a top 40 hit. It was called FM. And I have the soundtrack right here. To the movie. The movie was a big flop. And this is FM, the motion picture that takes you inside your radio. And just like Scooby-Doo, you don't want to step and fly. FM. Even if the story isn't completely true, it's only because you wouldn't believe what really happens. Do you agree the song FM is a solid Steely Dan song? The lyrics aren't the best. Can I play a snippet from Play it? a snippet and then we can argue about the lyrics. Okay, here's a snippet of FM by Steely Dan. It's not on any of their original albums, but it was put on like their best of collections. The girls don't seem to care tonight as long as the That's FM. Dave, let's argue about this. Why do you not like the uh, the song? You said lyrically it's kind of weak. Well, I'm just jealous because at the time I was on AM and, and <laughs> AM had a lot of static to it. And they're bragging about how FM, FM has no static at all. No Dave, at this point, they're definitely big. Am I right? Asia was a large album. It sold well, and two songs were played constantly on the radio. And Deacon they're Blues so big that they finally put out their first greatest hits, and it was a two-record set yeah. of their first six albums through Asia. It did not include FM. And the reason why is because FM was still like kind of on the charts. Yeah, they didn't want to undercut the sales of FM. It did include a non-album song called Here at the Western World. And I think we should play a snippet because it's a very rare song. That's 
Steely Dan. It's not on any of their studio albums, but it is on their first Greatest Hits album. And it's not a single either. It's, it's, just, a, it's just an extra track. And that leads us, Dave, to the last album of the classic period. It's Gaucho, 1980. It's a little funny. After Asia, Where Do You Go? There's some good songs on there that we've come to love, but it's a bit of an oddball. I seldom listen to this album. I did listen to it today, driving down to your house. Tom has chosen for this album, Glamour Profession. It's got a almost a disco beat to it. I still like it. Glamour Profession, Tom's choice of his favorite song on the Gaucho album from 1980. I chose the obvious one, Dave. Hey 19. There is a line that I'm going to play. As I've gotten older, it really does resonate with me. Just like Is There Gas in the Car resonates with me every time I get in the car to go somewhere. This line I hear in my head daily. She thinks I'm crazy, but I'm just growing old. She thinks I'm crazy, but I'm, I'm just, just growing, growing old. old. Yeah. And you sure hey, are. <laughs> Funny thing about Hey 19, when it first came on the radio, the whole song is talking about how he's playing Aretha Franklin on the jukebox. Yeah. But it, you know what I thought? I first thought they were saying that it was A19 on the jukebox. Not Hey 19, but A19 on the jukebox. Cause you he got was jukebox on your brain. I man. did. <laughs> so you were thinking they were pushing the selection A19. But it was he was talking to a girl who was, was 19. 19. My favorite song is Hey 19. All right, Dave. Ding, ding, ding. You and I agree again. Tom's the odd man out there. Hey Dave, you wanted to talk about the Postscript albums. After a 20-year hiatus, they come up with their eighth album, Two Against Nature. And the most memorable song from this is Cousin Dupree. Well, I've kicked around a lot since high school. I've walked a lot of nowhere From keyboard man in a rockin' sky band to Hall and that's a snippet of Cousin Dupree. Dave, was this a big album? Was this a big album? How dare you ask me? This album hit number six and was album of the year. And then they had one more. Is that correct after that? Well, when you get ready to close out a group or close out a store, what do you say? You put everything on sale. Everything's got to go. Everything, everything must, must go. go. The final album under the Steely Dan name came out in 2003. Everything must go. Is it any good? I think we could probably pass on this one. All right, we're going to pass. When I talked with Tom, he stuck to the classic albums. Dave, we're going to bring this episode to a close. Okay, to a close. Listeners, if you want to make your voice heard, be sure to write us at DerringerDiscoveries at gmail.com. Now, we've picked our favorite songs. Yes. But we haven't picked our favorite album. As you know, Tom picked as his favorite album, Asia. Tom, perfect choice. I like the ring of that. Tom Derringer. I think we could just ease Paul out. We'll still let Paul do the editing. We'll let him work 20 hours a week on the editing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whenever there's someone we can bring in to edit, I will turn it over gladly. Tom chose Asia. 
And I'm choosing The Royal Scam as my favorite album, but I do have a little postscript to that. I do think Can't Buy a Thrill is also a solid album, but if I had to choose, I'm going with The Royal Scam. Dave, what's your favorite album? I agree with Tom. Their best album is Asia. But that's not my favorite album. That's the best album. That's right. You told me at the beginning, best versus favorite. So the best album? Can't Buy a Thrill. I like the diversity of Can't Buy a Thrill. I think as the albums progressed and as the other musicians fell by the wayside and as it became focused mostly on Donald Fagan and Walter Becker using studio musicians, you could definitely hear it becoming more jazzier. And while I liked the influence, I think on the Royal Scam, the jazz worked fantastic and I'll I'll agree with you and Tom I think Asia is a solid album but you ready for this Dave I think Steely Dan jumped the shark Whoa. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think Steely Dan jumped the shark with their last classic album, Gaucho. And Keith Jarrett would agree with you. Oh, really? Excellent. You know who Keith Jarrett is? He's a jazz musician. He said that they stole Gaucho from him. So Dave, do you think they jumped the shark? Well, I'm not crazy about their final album, Everything Must Go. Steely Dan has stood the test of time. I expect I will continue to listen to them as long as I have ears to listen with. If you want to be part of this podcast, it's easy. You just write us. And where do you write us? You write us at DerringerDiscoveries at gmail.com. And please follow us. All you have to do is click follow, and that way you will be alerted to our next podcast. Until next time, this is Paul Derringer. And this is Dave Derringer. We are the Derringer Brothers, and we thank you for listening to Derringer Discovery. Discovery. Discovery's theme song, Your Sister's Room, was provided by Hojo Fro, and if you're interested, you can hear the whole song on Spotify. And this is the wonderful one, Derringer Discoveries.